them out tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's continue on in the uh, Christmas story, if you would. Turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. We looked at verses 1 through 7 this morning. Let's look at verses 8 through 20 this evening. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. Stephen has quite a few in his hand, and he'll bring them right to your seat so you can follow along with us. Starting in verse 8, we read in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaggling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told. Tell my message this evening is fear not. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather this evening to celebrate the birth of your son. Knowing why he came into this world, Lord, is what brings us all together this evening. That he would die for us upon the cross to save us from our sins. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you for this time this evening. We pray, Lord, that you'd bless our time. Lord, if there's anyone here that is yet to fully commit their hearts and life to you, to surrender their lives to you, we pray that they would do so this evening, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We commit it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I heard a story about an elderly couple who are out Christmas shopping. And, you know, most guys don't like to do that Christmas shop that is, Right? I recently read that, that the blood pressure of men goes up really high when they shop, similar to that of a, 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 a fighter pilot. Interesting, the same study revealed that the blood pressure in women does not change at all when they go shopping. I don't know. Anyway, this couple went out shopping and suddenly the husband disappears. And the wife is like, where'd he go? And she's starting to get a little worried. She's starting to get a little bit afraid. She's calling his cell phone, no answer. He's not answering. Finally, he answers. She says, where are you? I'm very upset. You, you're supposed to be with me as I shop. I thought something happened to you. He says, well, remember that jewelry store we went to a number of years ago that you really, really liked? She said, yeah. Remember that necklace that you really, really wanted and we couldn't afford it? She said, yeah. He says, well, I'm at the Starbucks right next door to that jewelry store. <laughs> Horrible, huh? Well, last year I asked my wife, Lisa, what she wanted for Christmas, and she said, I don't know, just surprised me. So I did. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I said, boo! <laughs> no, I didn't do that, but thank you for laughing. I've used that joke for the last three years, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Notice in our text this evening that the angel Lord came to these lowly shepherds, and what did they say? Do not be afraid. You know, there's a lot of things 
that can cause fear in us today. Things that can be, we can be legitimately afraid of as, as we enter into a new year. Most people have the fear of something. Over the last few years, we've added to our fears, fears of new fears, you know. According to one article, the top fears that Americans have today are not just the typical things like, like, like the fear of heights or the fear of tight spaces or the fear of spiders or the fear of speaking in public. But one of the top fears that Americans have today, are you ready for it? The fear of service interruption. In other words, it's a fear that your internet may go down or your cell phone will not work. I mean, you think of all the things that people can legitimately be afraid of. I, I, I mean, today, it's not being able to go on the internet. Oh, no, what's going to happen with my life? Now, I don't know if you have come in here with some kind of fear tonight. I don't know if you've come in here with some anxiety and concern. Maybe so. Maybe it's a personal fear. Well, I've got good news for you tonight. The same message that was given to us 2,000 years ago at the first Christmas in, in Bethlehem still resonates with us this evening. Do not be afraid. Let's look how our story begins. Look at verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, these shepherds of Israel, they, they had a lot to be afraid of. They, was living, they were living in frightening times. They were under the tyranny, tyranny of King Herod. He was renowned for his vicious cruelty, and, and he would just execute people at will, especially if anyone, you know, perceived him to be a threat, you know, be a threat to his, his, his uh, position. Plus, the Jewish uh, people were occupied by foreign invaders. They'd been under the, the submission of Rome, and, and they were afraid about their future, wondering, would Rome ever leave? Would they ever be able to rule themselves again? Would the Messiah ever come? So it's very interesting that of all the people the angels could have appeared to at this time, God chose to send his message to a group of lowly shepherds just, just hanging out, watching their sheep. You see, the life of a shepherd wasn't an easy one. Man, their, their work de- demanded long hours. It meant working cold nights away from their families. They earned their living watching sheep in, in a rugged, rough land, a land inhabited by wild animals. I mean, there's even good reason to believe that the, sh- the, the sheep that they were watching over weren't even their sheep. You know, they, they were owned by the religious leaders who raised the animals for the animal sacrifices in the temple. So, so the greatest news of all history came to these lowly shepherds in, in these hills. It's a beautiful story, but why them? I mean, was it just so, you know, God wanted to make our Christmas pageants more memorable? <laughs> I think everybody, every, every boy was a, a shepherd in, in a bathrobe when they were young in some Christmas play or somewhere. But all the people the angels could have invited to celebrate the first Christmas, why shepherds? They certainly weren't the cream of the crop of society. They were sheep herders. Was it because they were the only ones up at that late hour? Listen, I believe that, that God came to them because God delights to reveal himself with the good news to the humble. That's the way God often works. Why? So that no person can glory in what they've done, so that no mortal man can boast. When God chose a leader for Israel, he found Moses on the backside of the desert. When, when he chose a king, it was the youngest son of the smallest tribe out tending sheep, David. When Jesus showed, uh, chose his twelve disciples, they, they were fishermen and tax collectors. See, often God chooses the humble and the lowly, and I believe that's the reason for the shepherds on the first Christmas were chosen to receive this angel's message because they were humble men of simple origin. They weren't easily fooled. You know, they're the, just the rugged men of the earth. They, I picture them like maybe Texas farmers or something like that. Hey, you know, we're not going to believe anything here, you know. And, and so it's fitting for that. But more so, I think that God chose them because uh, it was so fitting because Jesus often pictured himself, what, as a, a shepherd. 
He's a good shepherd. Jesus said in John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. And Peter wrote, when the chief shepherd appears, you'll see the crown of glory that does not fade away. So as incredible as it may seem, that first Christmas Eve service was made up of these rough, rugged, lowly shepherds. But even as rough as they are, fear still struck in their hearts when the angel of the Lord showed up. Look at verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, we're not talking a little bit afraid. Uh, they had a little bit of fear. They were greatly afraid. I mean, think about it. What an incredible sight that must have been when, when you know, the, the sky opens up, maybe, and these angels, this angel comes down, and the angel of the Lord. Now, it seems like whenever you read about angels appearing in the scriptures, they always seem to start with the words, don't be afraid, do not be afraid. And for good reasons, when, when people saw angels, they freaked out. I think if an angel would just appear right now suddenly in front of us, we would all freak out, you know, and, and rightly so, because angels, they're supernatural beings. But more so, they reflect the glory of God. Now, side note, whenever you read about an angel in scripture, it's always in the masculine. Angels are always male, never female. Now, I need to say sorry because I know you got those cute little ornaments on your tree, you know, the, the girl angel. It's not biblical, okay? It's got to go. Come to think of it, the tree isn't biblical either. It's got to go, but we'll save that for another sermon. <laughs> but you see, angels, they're, they're supernatural beings and re they reflect the glory of God. The Bible teaches that angels are all around the followers of Jesus Christ. Listen to Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. See, God has his angels, and he sends them out for our deliverance, for our help in times of need. But right now, even as we sit here listening to this message, we're surrounded by thousands of angels doing the work of the Lord. But when an angel sort of steps out of that invisible world and makes himself visible, that can be a very scary thing. Perhaps that's why nowadays they kind of show up incognito. The Bible says that we may have entertained angels unaware. It probably had to change things around because we'd be freaked out too much. But here the gospel message of Christ's birth begins with this announcement by an angel to the shepherds. And we read that they were, the shepherds, when the revelation of God's presence, they were greatly afraid. Why? Because the glory of God shone around them. You know, they're terrified because the presence of God always strikes conviction in the heart of man. I mean, they, they were overcome with fear because their sinfulness was so obvious in the pure light of God's glory. Job experienced this. In Job chapter 42, verse 5 and 6, he writes, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Isaiah, remember Isaiah in chapter 6. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple, what does he say? He says, woe is me. I'm, a, I'm, a man of un, I'm, a, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. When Peter was, was blown away by the miraculous catch of fish that Jesus gave them, Peter fell down at Jesus' feet saying, depart from me. Oh, I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord. You see, the, the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man present such a contrast that man must, must shrink away in awe. The shepherds were afraid as the glory of the Lord shone around them. But, but the angel says to them in verse 10, Do not be afraid. I love that. The very first words of this angel is, Do not be afraid. Fear not. I've heard that the, the words fear not appear 365 times in the Bible. So that's a fear not for every single day of the year. But 
Listen, if you've come here tonight afraid, full of anxiety, full of concern, again, this message is for you. Don't be afraid. Why? Because there's a promise. Verse 10. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. See, now it gets personal. The angel of fear says, fear not, I bring you. I bring you tidings for good joy. He brings it to us, each one of us individually. Yes, as a group, but each one of us individually. He says, don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. Have you ever, you know, uh, had someone come up to you suddenly and they're all excited, you know, and it looks as though something terribly has gone wrong. It looks as though something terrible has happened. They go, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. You're going, what, what, what? You're not going to be, and you're thinking someone's died. There's been a car accident. And they say, I got the job I always wanted. You go, oh, man. I, I got, I got the, we sold our house. Or I bought a new car. And they get all excited. Well, here they, the sheriff, the sheriff, the sheriffs, the shepherds, it's a Texas version, it's the sheriffs. Here are the sheriffs. They're terrified. But then suddenly the angel says, fear not, I've got good news for you. Again, it's personal. The angels get specific. Good news for you. Something's going to bring you great joy. Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. I am very sure at that moment that their fear turned into joy. Fear vanished and what was left was this inexpressible joy. Why? Because the gospel message is the cure for fear. It's a message of Christmas. Our Savior is born. A Savior who can forgive us our sin. A Savior who can give you new life. A Savior who can strengthen you and guide you and bring order and purpose in your life. The angel declares, I bring you good tidings of great, of great joy, which shall be to all people. I like that. The gospel is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. Everyone needs him desperately. If we only could see that. He's not some pleasant additive that we just add to our daily lives. He, you know, he, he is our life. He's our only hope. And those that have a relationship with him have and do experience this joy that the angels announce. Listen, Christianity overflows with joy. God's people are to be the happiest people that you'll find. Because the more your life is filled with God's Holy Spirit, the more joy you'll have in your life. I mean, whatever your capacity is today, God can fill you with, his, with Himself and give you great joy. David wrote in Psalm 32, 11, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Again, maybe you've come in here defeated and discouraged. Jesus said these words of joy in John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me, in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Have you experienced the joy of that first Christmas announcement? See, the New Testament begins with the angels singing messages of comfort and closes in the book of Revelation with God's children singing joyously around God's throne. It's about joy. Christianity is about the joy of the Lord. Joy from the beginning to the end. Do you have that joy in your life today? Let's get back to the shepherds. So then when the angel Lord showed up, they freaked out a little. They were afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. I've got great news for you. For unto us is born in the day, this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm sure they went, man, that's, that's great news. Just a sigh of relief. That's awesome. But then suddenly, bam, look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill towards men. I mean, not just one angel. Now there's a multitude. Do you think one angel scared them? What do you think a multitude of angels did? Oh, man. 
I think someone needed to say, fear not, we're all going to sing again, okay? We're going to say this, but... I mean, if I was a shepherd back then, I would be saying, stop doing that to me. You're freaking me out. You're scaring the daylights out of me. But I'm convinced these angels couldn't help themselves. They, they couldn't contain themselves. The excitement that God was leaving the throne room of heaven, coming to earth to redeem mankind. They were excited. And so they shout in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now understand, these angels weren't saying, from now on, from here on end, you're going to have peace on earth and goodwill towards man from this day forward. Obviously, if that were the case, something has gone terribly wrong. We don't have that. A more literal translation of verse 14 reads, peace on earth among men that are pleasing God. I like that. Peace on earth among men that are pleasing God. See, God will bring peace to the person who is well-pleasing to Him. How can you and I be well-pleasing to Him? by surrendering your life to Him and receiving the forgiveness of your sin, then you can experience His peace. Listen, you cannot experience the peace of God unless you first experience the grace of God. We know that. It's believing that Jesus Christ bridged the gap between sinful man and a holy God. That He's our mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. That through His death on the cross, we can find forgiveness and joy and peace. Well, in verse 15, the angels leave. The shepherds are now standing around and, and going, did this really happen? Look at verse 15. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Last thing I want to look at is that I believe that there's an aspect of this Christmas story which for the most part is neglected. It has to do with the fact that these common shepherds had to act upon what they heard at that night so long ago. See, it was a great thing to hear the news concerning the birth of the Savior, but knowledge wasn't merely enough. I mean, could these shepherds really just go back to their shepherding, you know, business as usual after the announcement from an angel? Of course not. They could never be the same. They made an immediate decision. Verse 16 tells us that they came with haste. They didn't stall. They didn't make excuses. They were fully persuaded and they acted upon the message that had been given to them. Now, men, of course, that they had to leave their sheep, but obviously they knew what they were about to do was more important than their flocks. But they, they, I mean, they could have made excuses. They could have said, well, you know, we don't really want to go. We're not dressed appropriately. I mean, look at our rags. You know, we probably, we probably smell like sheep. You know, I mean, it's not a good thing. They could have easily said no, but they didn't. They dropped everything they had and they came to Jesus. Fear was gone. Replaced with excitement for the Lord. As we close this evening, the message is clear. Fear not. A Savior has been born. Come and see. See, it goes back on you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to know He's calling you out this evening. He wants you to come to Him. Are you willing to follow the examples of these shepherds and come to Him? He wants to do a gift exchange. You know, this time of year we do those white elephant gift exchanges we've done two this year and and last year it didn't work out so well for me it got some really weird stuff and and this year hasn't been so bad you know i think i got a gift card and and i, I think i forget what else i got but but uh, you know it's when you take a number and, and you pick the number you guys all know what that game is and and i usually end up with a stranger's gift but listen there's a gift exchange that god has done for you you bring your fear you bring your anxiety and worry and he'll give you his peace you bring your sorrow, and he'll give you his joy. You bring your, you, your wrong, and he'll 
give you his right. You bring your hell, and he'll give you his heaven. That's a pretty good gift exchange, don't you think? That's what God wants to do for us this Christmas Eve. Finally, I want to close with this. This was written and posted on social media a couple of years ago by a man named Jason Soroski. I just saw it for the first time this past week, and I want to share this with you as we close. It, it, it was pretty cool. It kind of touched my heart. It's taken from the Charlie Brown Christmas movie that he's played every time this year. You know, the one cartoon that actually shows the true meaning of Christmas this time of year. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed it or not, but as Linus is explaining Christmas, he, he's reading what we just read. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through, through 16 or 20. But right in the middle of him speaking, Linus drops his blanket. Now, Charlie Brown is best known for his uniquely striped shirt. Linus, he's mostly, you know, associated with his ever-present security blanket. And throughout the story of Charlie Brown, Lucy and Snoopy and Sally and all the others, to no avail, they try to separate Linus from his blanket. They can't do it. And even though his security blanket remains a major source of ridicule for the otherwise mature and thoughtful Linus, he simply refuses to give it up until this moment when he simply drops it. It's the climatic scene where Linus shares what Christmas is all about. He drops his security blanket. I'm now convinced that this was intentional. Now, as you'll see in this video clip, he drops the blanket right when he says the words, Fear not. Take a look at this. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Who can tell you around? I can tell you what Christmas is all about. I think it's pretty uh, clear what Charles Schultz was saying. It's so simple, it's brilliant. The, the birth of Jesus frees us from the habits we are unable or unwilling to break ourselves. The birth of Jesus allows us to simply drop the false security we have been grasping so tightly and learn to trust and cling to him. Listen, the world of 2017 can be a scary place. 2018 might even be more scary. We might find ourselves grasping for something temporary for security. Whatever the thing may be, uh, we, we live in a world that's very difficult for us to fear not. But in the midst of fear and insecurity, that, that simple cartoon image from 1965 continues to live on in an inspiration for us to seek true peace and truly security and the one that's always been there for us, Jesus Christ. I love that. Fear not. Jesus is with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time this evening, Lord. We thank you for the encouragement, Lord, that we have nothing to fear, Lord. 
perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, we thank you for sending your son to come in this earth to live a perfect life and to die on the cross and rise again from the dead so that we may have life. Now, Father, I pray if there's anyone here, Lord, it is struggling with fear, struggling with anxiety, with turmoil in their life. They don't know, Lord, what's going to happen the next day or the day after that. Lord, help them to sense your presence. Help them to sense your power in their lives. Help them to know that we have nothing to fear, for you are with us. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement of your word this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.